Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. O-G. Make some noise! everyone i'm russ salzberg and i want you all to listen up and get a load of this the detroit lions have themselves a big time problem a new head coach allegedly involved in a rape plus legalized gambling comes to pro sports and in baseball what do you know robbie cano is a cheater and what is the proper attire for everyday life trust me on this one folks you're really gonna want to get a load of this All right, lots to talk about today, but we're going to start off with football. Well, let me correct myself. It relates to football. How about that? It doesn't matter any which way you look at it. Any which way. This Matt Patricia situation is a mess. A full-blown mess. This is a, it's a disaster for all parties concerned. And when I say all parties, I'm talking about Patricia, the Detroit Lions, the NFL, everybody. First, let's take a look, folks, at the Lions. They name Matt Patricia as their new head coach back in February, okay? The guy they entrust to get themselves and their football team, their organization, back to a championship level of play. So then last week, the Lions find out that back in 1996, all right, 96, as a 21-year-old college student uh, attending Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in Rochester, while on a spring break in Texas, okay, Patricia was arrested and indicted by a grand jury in a sexual assault case, a case that was ultimately dismissed. So you're asking, why was it dismissed? Well, apparently the alleged victim, she didn't want to face the stress. This is what was said. The reason it was dismissed, she didn't want to face the stress of a trial. So the charges were dropped 10 months after the alleged incident took place. Now, what exactly did Matt Patricia and his friend allegedly do? Now, folks, I'm keep, you keep hearing me say allegedly because it is allegedly. Everything was dropped. The pair were accused of bursting into a hotel room and raping a girl that they had earlier become friendly with while on the beach. Look, I don't know if Patricia is guilty of doing this or not, but here's a couple of questions to ponder. One, 
How did the Lions, how did the Lions not know about this? That's number one. And number two, how did Matt Patricia not tell the Lions about this during the interview process? Especially if he's totally innocent, which Patricia claims that he is. Now think about this one, especially if you're a Giants fan. The Giants, before they settled on Pat Shermer as the new head coach, some people, particularly in the Daily News, they were saying that Matt Patricia was going to be the Giants' choice. It was almost as if they were campaigning for Patricia to be the guy, which, by the way, was not true, but that's what they were saying. Can you think about this? Can you just imagine, imagine what would have happened had Patricia been named head coach of the Giants? You want to talk about a local disaster? What kind of problems would that have created? It would have set the organization back years. I mean, years. The media, the very same media who wanted Patricia to get the Giants job would be the very same media today killing him for giving him the job. The minute Dave Gettleman took over as the Giants GM, he lifted the dark cloud over the organization. A dark cloud that always exists when you got a football team that's 3-13. and Okay, the atmosphere at that at the Giants facility, take it from me because I'm there all the time. The atmosphere at the Giants facility immediately went from negative to positive. It was a feel good. It has been a feel good atmosphere, but it all would have disappeared in a finger snap had this information come out and Patricia was their head coach. And in the court of public opinion, especially in this media market, nothing would have satisfied the media unless he was hung out to dry. The attack on the Giants would have, it would have been unbearable. The media would have been relentless. A relentless on the Giants, I'm talking all day, every day, 24-7, until they got rid of Patricia. So, that begs the question, what should the Lions now do? They say that they believe in Patricia. And up until, as I'm saying this, they're standing behind him. But you have to remember, this is the time of the Me Too movement. Okay? It is the time of the Me Too movement. Now, you can be a fan or not. It doesn't matter. It is the, it's the times we are living in right now. It's the times of the Me Too movement. And fair or not... In the court of public opinion, you know, the court of public opinion doesn't operate like the judicial system. In the court of public opinion, you are judged to be guilty until you're proven innocent. Like it or not, that's life in the times we now live in. Now, Patricia steadfastly says, I'm innocent. I was innocent back in 1996. I remain innocent now. He says he did nothing wrong. And again... I got to remind you, the charges were dropped. And l- let me make this clear, too. Matt Patricia means nothing to me. I probably inside don't like him for no other reason, reason that he's been a longtime patriot, you know, involved in the Patriots organization. But, that, you know, that's just silly stuff. 
But really, think about it. He says he did nothing wrong. And again, I got to remind you, the charges were dropped. Was it really? Were the charges dropped really because the alleged victim didn't want to face the stress of a trial? Maybe. Or could it possibly be because what happened in that hotel room was consensual? Maybe it was. And maybe she was embarrassed at the time and claimed it was rape. And then maybe she had second thoughts and said, "Uh, I don't want to face the stress of a trial. Now, I don't know. I'm not saying one way or the other. But Matt Patricia, whether guilty or innocent, Matt Patricia is expected to be the leader of young men. Okay? He's the guy. He's entrusted in the organization. He's entrusted with keeping it all in line. How can you lead under these circumstances? To say that the Lions have a dilemma on their hands is a big-time understatement. Like I said, in the court of public opinion, it's innocent until proven guilty. No, it doesn't work that way. That's in the judicial system. In the court of public opinion, you are guilty until proven innocent. So now let's get to the Lions fans, okay? And and I've been reading some comments from the Lions fans, and trust me, Lions fans aren't any different than New York fans, Boston fans, Chicago fans, uh, Russian fans, anybody. If you win, it's all good. If you win, you're a hero. And if you lose, they'll kill you. It's, it's that plain and simple. So sticking with Patricia as, you know, for the time being, the Lions are doing, I, I suggest one thing. The Lions had better get themselves off to a real good start. Because if they start off lousy, I'm telling you, fans and media... It just gives them an excuse to get ugly and jump on this. It's a terrible situation. But before you pass judgment, try putting yourself in the shoes of the respective parties because that's what I've been doing. And in these Me Too times, you have to do that. What do I do if I'm the Lions? Do I fire Patricia? Do you fire Patricia? Seriously. Well, based on what? On an alleged crime? Remember, Patricia was indicted. He wasn't found guilty of charges. The charges were dismissed. The alleged victim did not want to testify. So should the Lions fire Patricia and basically ruin his career? On what? On a maybe? On what? On what might have happened? I got to tell you, I don't think so. That's just not fair. And again, Matt Patricia means nothing to me. Record, record, how about this one? Records show that according to the prosecution's witness list, okay, back in 96, the prosecu- it said that the prosecution had at least five trial witnesses. Not, and I, folks, I've read all about this since it happened, like, till I'm blue in the face. Five trial witnesses. What the hell does that mean? It says that you had a nurse, a doctor, a detective, that's three, a police officer, four, and the, um, a college friend of the alleged victim. So that's five. Well, you know what? 
I'm not Perry Mason, okay? I'm not a lawyer. But what are they telling you? If a nurse or doctor examined anybody after said person had sex, of course they would know. But was it consensual or was it rape? That they don't know. Not, not the nurse, not the doctor, not the detective, not the police officer or the alleged victim. Unless they were there. The alleged victim, once again, would not testify. So because of that, we will never know. Now, as for Matt Patricia himself, should he have come forward and been up front about the incident from the get-go and, you know, laid it all out for the Lions? Well, let's think about this a second. I'm just trying to be reasonable here, folks. You remember, after all, he worked for the New England Patriots for 14 years. Okay, and, you know, from uh, Deflategate to Spygate, you, you know, the New England Patriots have their, you know, haters, okay? Winners always have haters. So whether you like them or not, the New England Patriots have, have their haters. It never came up. And believe me, that would be an organization where if you want to dig up crap and garbage and, for lack of a better term, horseshit, that's the organization that a lot of media people would want to do. But these are, you know, it never came up. But again, these are different times we live in. As I've been saying, these are the me too times. These are the times up times. And you also have to remember this. We're talking about, and this is very important. Because this is where emotions really get involved. We're talking about the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions of Detroit, Michigan. A state that is still reeling from that low-rent animal piece of garbage. The um, doctor, the piece of shit doctor for the U.S. Olympic women's gymnastic team and Michigan State. Who was in the news for molesting some over 200 girls. All right. Sexually molesting over 200 girls. So the state of Michigan is more than a little bit sensitive to these type of stories. And understandably so. But if if Matt Patricia did not, I repeat, did not commit the alleged crime Okay, so then why should he have to bring it up? I mean, let's say he did something in college that he, you know, wasn't proud of. I'm not talking about rape, okay? But I'm just saying. He he was, there were no charges. The charges were dropped, didn't go to trial, and that was that. So think about it. Listen, it was a screwed up situation. He was 21 years old, and I am not defending him. I don't know if he did it or he didn't, but that's just the case. I do not know. This is not a cut and dry issue here. It can be looked at in many different ways. Listen, I'm the father of two girls who are now uh, mothers themselves. 
if God forbid, if God forbid something like this happened to any one of them, I would want to slit the guy's throat. Not only would I want to slit the guy's throat, but after doing it, this might sound politically incorrect, but obviously nobody's ever accused me of being politically correct. I could slit somebody's throat for doing that to somebody in my family and put my head down at night and sleep like a baby. Okay? Again, charges were dropped. I keep repeating it because that's the case. Charges were dropped. If there's proof that he committed a a crime, prove it. And I'll say, hang him high. But without proof, we have nothing but an alleged incident. And for the court of public opinion, I say, no, screw them. You can't rule on this one. It's just not fair. I don't care if it's a rape case, a traffic ticket, whatever. The the court of public opinion has taken over this country, and it's wrong. So read me right, folks. You you know, if you want to, you know, tweet me, text me, whatever, uh, uh, Facebook, that's fine. But understand what I'm saying. I am not ever condoning this type of behavior. But we don't know exactly what the behavior was. If it was consensual, then nothing was wrong. We don't know because the charges were dropped. That's it. And then, of course, before we go on to something else, the National Football League takes a hit on this. And I've heard this business... Well, you know, they just have bad characters in the league. And how the hell could how the hell could the commissioner and people not know about this? You have a head coach this in his past. You know what? You don't know everything. You can't understand everything. You know, I'll take you back to when uh, the Ray Rice incident, when he slugged his wife in the elevator. Everybody wanted to kill Roger Goodell. All right? Everybody wanted to hammer Roger Goodell. Just common sense told me exactly what happened. Roger Goodell had an employee, that said employee being Ray Rice, come into his office, sat down in his office, had his lovely wife sitting with him. Tears coming down. Please, Mr. Commissioner, he's a good husband, This is a one-time thing. It never happened before. He's a good husband. He's a good this. He's a good that. So the commissioner cuts the guy some slack, listens to him, and says, okay, you get two games. Then it comes out. Then it comes out. The video. Then all of a sudden, the commissioner is insensitive to women's this and women's that. And there you go in the court of public opinion. The judicial system didn't do anything to him. But the court of public opinion, quite frankly, has kept him from working. I'm not a Ray Rice fan. I'm just saying, if you're going to hit the National Football League, then you might as well hit every employer in every place in every walk of life. You just don't know everything that goes on. Okay? You just don't know. So 
You got to be upfront. When I say upfront, you got to be upfront with yourself and be honest. You can't allow the court of public opinion to rule on Matt Patricia. To the next topic now. All right, plenty more to talk about. This week, Supreme Court says, well, we're going to have legalized gambling. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast, then you know uh, a few weeks back I had on Arnie Wexler, who was probably the foremost expert on compulsive gambling and addiction in this country. And it, you, you can go back and listen to it. I think it's number three on the podcast on Get a Load of This, if you're interested. Um, but here's the deal. I, I get it. I understand people, you know, there's the pros and cons to this. I do understand. And the pros are, hey, it's going to create jobs for people. It's going to be good for the states. It's going to create revenue. I will not argue that. It's going to be great for the horse racing community. It's going to be great for the racetracks. I get it. And I'm glad for those people. And it, you know what? It's going to be great for the leagues. You know, they, they can posture and say all they want. We want to make sure everything is done properly. It's all about do-re-mi. But what it's also going to do, it's going to create problems. And the problems are going to be, you're going to have more people gambling and you will see you will have more people with gambling problems than you've ever had before. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, understand this. When you can go, well, l- let me give you an example. Go to your local corner store where you buy your newspapers or some of you might be buying your cigarettes or your candy or something. And go watch the different types of people who buy lottery tickets. I was standing there buying my newspapers. I'm, I'm, I'm still old school. I get all my news on the newspaper, okay? I get all my news on the newspaper. I buy my five newspapers, the, the news, the post, the times, the, the record, and the Newark Star-Ledger. I buy them every day. Well, I'm online, and there, there's a couple of women buying lottery tickets. Trust me, these women didn't look like they came from Easy Street. Okay, they did not look like they came from Easy Street. Believe me, buying lottery tickets is an addiction. And if you don't think so, then you got your head in the sand or it's up your keys to one of the two. When you can, because people can go do this legally, you're going to get young people starting to gamble. And. Believe me, but they can say it's 18 years old. Listen, I remember going to the racetrack when I was 15 years old. You went up to somebody and said, do me a favor. Here's my $2. Go make a bet for me. Anybody who thinks that this will not create a problems in terms of gambling addiction is nuts. And I'm not here on a soapbox. I, I understand. Listen, I like gambling now and then. But come on. It makes it easy for for kids to get started in gambling. It makes them more aware of gambling. 
You know, everybody's worried in this country. You see stories all the time, and understandably so, about the opioid addiction and, and crisis that we have in this country. Well, trust me, go ask somebody who's got a gambling addict in their family. Go ask somebody that. Or go ask a gambling addict how they ruined their family. How they destroyed the fabric of their family. Go ask somebody who's married to a gambling addict. Go ask somebody who's the mother or father of a gambling addict. Or who's the son or daughter of a gambling addict. So don't tell me, oh, whoopee-doo, we can all make our bets nice and easy. And I'm sure I'm going to make a bet. But this opens everything up to a lot of problems. And I'll tell you what it also opens it up to. I mean, everybody's going to benefit from this, including TV. Because when you gamble, it gives you more eyes for people to look at. They want to see what's going on. But I'm telling you, if you think this is not, does not come with problems, and these aren't like problems that came out of the blue. If you, if, if you don't think that these are real problems or anybody who's behind this doesn't think there are real problems, then they're nuts. And don't tell me, well, what, we do give a phone number to say if you do have a gambling problem. It's like, you, you know that thing on pack, the pack of cigarettes? Cigarettes can be hazardous to your health. Does that stop anybody from buying them? No. So like I say, God bless, good luck. And if you're just starting, just be careful. But I'm telling you this now, as sure as I am talking to you right at this very moment, legalized gambling will create problems. It's not all going to be hunky-dory. And the other problem that you're going to have, <laughs> anytime there's a game and, and people lose and it's involved with gambling, oh, what was he doing? Was somebody on the take? Was he throwing the game or is this, come on, I'm telling you it's going to happen. As sure as I'm sitting here, it's going to happen because that's the way it is. And here's something that's also the way it is. Baseball players continue to be putzes and cheat. What do you know? Robbie Cano, the former Yankee, gets an 80-day suspension. An 80-day suspension for cheating. Using uh, using something that's called furosamide or, or fur, furosamide. Either or. What it is, it's a masking agent. And it, what, what is the masking agent for? To cover up the use of perform, performance-enhancing drugs. So what do you know? Robbie Cano follows what his good buddy Alex Rodriguez did and his good buddy uh, Melky Cabrera did. I got to tell you, Robbie Cano is a schmuck for doing this. And you know why I say that? Back in 1988, I spent 10 days in the Dominican Republic covering baseball. 10 days. One of the best experiences I ever had. So when I was, it was just before I came back home to New York, I was working, you know, in Toronto. So, and at that time, 
the Toronto Blue Jays had guys like George Bell, who was an MVP, and Tony Fernandez, and Damaso Garcia. They had probably more Dominicans on their team than anybody in baseball. And at the time I went to cover, there was only two academies, two teams that had academies in the Dominican Republic. One was um, the Blue Jays, run by a guy by the name of Epi Guerrero. And the other one was the Dodgers, run by a guy by the name of Ralph Avila. And I remember being there. And I remember when I was going. And, you know, obviously I was going to do a lot of stories. And I remember the PR guy from the Blue Jays saying to me, remember his name, Howie Starkman, he said to me, Russ, when you go, do me a favor. Make sure you talk to the younger guys. That's what do you mean? No, no. I, I mean, I know you're going to talk to George Bell and Tony and this and that, but talk to the younger guys, the guys who are coming up because, and I says, why? He says, because Russ, you in front of their friends, you're like the big gringo. You're the guy. You know, it's going to make them feel good. And I understood that. We did some stories on those people. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm watching people come from poverty, living in a house with dirt floors, okay? And this was 1988, so 30 years ago. I could understand, not that I condone it, so again, don't misread me on this. I could understand a, a guy coming from dirt poor poverty trying to escape, looking for an edge, maybe taking steroids. I can understand that. I can, and, and you know what? I can have sympathy. I can have empathy for him. But a guy like Alex Rodriguez, are you kidding me? A guy like Robbie Cano signed a 10-year $240 million contract? Ten, and you got to cheat, you moron? Doesn't make any sense to me. Does not make any sense to me. I'll tell you what also doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, during this 80-game suspension, Robbie now has a fractured right hand. Okay? To me, that's nonsense that... Those days, while he's on the, the, the disabled list, those days count in his suspension time. In other words, let's say he's on a, you know, he's got a busted hand. Let's, let's say he can't play for a month. So let's say it's 30 days. That's nonsense. That's bullshit. Makes no sense. It should be 80 days after the DL. The system's broken, you know, when it comes to that. And, you know, now I'm hearing stuff today. Well, Yankees may have suspected this. Let me tell you something about performance-enhancing drug users, okay? I don't care if it was the Yankees. I don't care if it was any team. It was the Oakland A's, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. I say the Oakland A's with Canseco and McGuire and Giambi. I don't care who it was. Don't tell me. That nobody has an idea or nobody ever had an idea that anybody was using anything. I remember Whitey Herzog, former manager of the, the, the um, Cards and, and the Kansas City Royals, 
Uh, Whitey Herz, I was asked him at Let Him Rest in Peace Yogi Berra's uh, golf, celebrity golf tournament every year, which, by the way, uh, it's coming up pretty soon in June. But uh, talking to him uh, over breakfast, we were sitting at the same table, and I asked Whitey about it, and he looked at me and he said, Hey, a manager knows if a guy is drinking, if a guy is doing this, if a guy is doing pills, whatever. I mean, we knew. But they don't know about steroids. You know what you want to know, and then you don't know what you don't want to know. Okay? I always laughed about Tony La Russa. You know, here's a guy, Hall of Fame manager Tony La Russa. What's the constant about Tony La Russa? He had Jose Canseco. He had Mark McGuire. He had Jason Jambi, I think, maybe for a year or two. Not sure. He also had a guy by the name of Barry Weinberg. Barry Weinberg was his trainer for like 10 years, whatever it was, in Oakland. And then for all the time, he was with the Cardinals. Nobody knew nothing. Nobody do nothing. I mean, come on. You know what they say? You can't bullshit a bullshit artist. So let's cut the crap on that. And finally, this this next story just left me shaking my head. I mean, you really, you really, really, really have to get a load of this. A Cornell University student, a senior, stripped down to her bra and panties while giving her thesis presentation. Why did she strip down to her bra and panties? to protest her professor's contention the week before, saying, telling her that, that her clothing was inappropriate. And she also got about two dozen others to join her in this strip uh, performance. You can't make this stuff up, folks. Her name is Leticia Chai or Kai, C-H-A-I. Cornell student, and uh, I believe she's from Korea. Not that it matters. But she said her parents were able to watch her strip on on the internet back home in Korea. So I'm assuming that's where she's from. And this happened last Saturday. And it happened during her, get this title, acting in public, performance in everyday life class. She claims that she did this to stand up I quote, against oppressive beliefs. I want you to stay with me. Against oppressive beliefs. Just listen to this. During a test run of her presentation some days before, her professor, also a woman by the name of Rebecca Magor, questioned the young lady whether her denim cut off shorts. Were too short. So on her Facebook page, this Letitia wrote that the professor asked, is that really what you would wear? Oh my God, is that really what you would wear? What a terrible thing for the professor to say. Is that what you would really wear? What a terrible, terrible thing. Now, uh, Letitia went on to write, the professor proceeded to tell me in front of my whole class 
that I was inviting the male gaze away from the content of my presentation and onto my body. You know what? For a lack of a better term, this student needed a kick in the ass and still needs a kick in the ass for a wake-up call. She invited people to join her in stripping during the presentation and asking, asking them to wear their favorite drawers, their favorite underwear. I quote, in solidarity with anyone who's been asked to change how they look to make other people feel more comfortable. I mean, this is a snot-nosed idiot. Your professor was giving you, you dope, some very sound advice. Advice for who? For your own benefit. The name of your class. Just look at the name of your class, you moron. Acting in public. Performance in everyday life. Hello? Yes, there is appropriate attire in everyday life. There's also inappropriate attire. I've seen it in my business, both from men and from women. Impressions count. First impressions count. If a guy walks into a locker room, for example, looking like a slob, jeans, but like dirty jeans, you know, unkept. You walk in, it's not going to help you get an interview. You walk into, it's not going to help you get an interview. In fact, the guy's going to look at, you know, I mean, young athletes are impressive just like anybody else, just like you're walking into a boss. If you're going for a job interview, you you dope. You're not going to walk in wearing cut-off shorts. Or if you're going to a wedding, you're not going to go in walking cut, wearing cut-off shorts. There's appropriate attire. And on the female side, and I've seen plenty, plenty dress appropriately. Appropriately. And also inappropriately. What would be inappropriate? A low-cut, tight-fitting sweater. That would be inappropriate to walk into a locker room. Quite frankly, probably inappropriate walking into any place. Into a newsroom. What else would be inappropriate? Wearing thong panties under a tight-fitting knit dress so that everybody can check out the cheeks of your ass. That would be inappropriate. Sorry. Am I offending anybody? Oh, let me correct it. The cheeks of your derriere. Is that, is that better for you? And here's a news flash about stuff like that. You know who gets more offended than anybody with that kind of attire? Women do. Friends of mine do. Women who have respect for their jobs and respect for themselves. See, because here's another thing in this world of the Me Too. You can't have it both ways. If you don't want to be treated like a sex object, don't walk around as if you are a sex object. And if your head's so far up your rear end that you can't understand that walking in looking sexy is going to take the male gaze away from the presentation and onto your body, then you are just flat out stupid. I don't know how the hell you got into Cornell. I mean... Women want to be treated with respect. Plenty of women want to be treated with respect. So they don't play that card, but some of them do. Can you imagine if this professor, professor, excuse me, can you imagine 
if this professor had been a man instead of a woman? You know what kind of uproar really would have been made? Then it would have been a sexist comment. The comment came a harmless thing. And she was asked, what would your mother think? Is that a terrible thing to say? It, it came from a well-respected professor in the university who's got an excellent reputation, who is admired by students. But boy, if this professor had been a man, this Letitia Chai or Kai would have really blown this baby way, way, way out of proportion. If anybody deserves an apology here, it is the professor, okay? Not the student. In fact, the student, Letitia, and all her cronies who, who were protesting. I mean, listen, you're talking to a guy who grew up in the Vietnam era. Okay, I grew up in the civil rights era when people were protesting for something, okay? And, and today, and the stuff that's going on today and, and protests and guns and, and this and that. And, and, and women protesting for fair and equal pay and rights. I get all that. But this, some snot-nosed kid and her dopey friends at Cornell stripped down, reacted, they acted like sensitive, immature babies. I would suggest to all of them, grow up, people. Grow up. The real world awaits you. Okay? Deal with it. And understand this, because this is part of life growing up. With your actions come consequences. If you want to look like a putz, then don't expect people not to view you as a putz. All right? And having said all that, that is a wrap on today. I want to thank all of you for, as always, getting a load of this. Now I'd like to get a load of you. So send me your thoughts, be it on proper attire, on Matt Patricia, on Robbie Cano, on legalized gambling, whatever. Send me your thoughts. You can send it to, on Twitter at, at Russ Salzburg or on Facebook, and I'll maybe read the best comment or comments of the week next week. I want to thank my producer today, Mike Caragliano, uh, program director Craig Schwab here at 77 WABC. Of course, the OG Podcast Network, where you can hear, get a load of this. And of course, big thanks to all of you people out there, because without you, I'd have nobody to talk to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying bye-bye, so long, and farewell. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.